0: it's good to be in god's house and this house and be with family and i always feel so welcome when i come and i love coming here and i just love the heart of all of you people i wished we had a giant mirror behind me so you could all look at yourselves because you're pretty amazing in all honesty and i think I think we get so caught up in meetings and this and that, we we actually don't take a moment to even look at who we're around sometimes. And you're with amazing people today, and um, it's always a privilege to share with the people of God. Um, We come out of Des Moines, Iowa, and uh, we have the the base. And so we're really a training center, and we're really trying to uh, get people mobilized in their gift and calling and get them out doing something. And you can't come to my place and sit. You will be doing something. And what happens every time is every first-time visitor ends up on a microphone. <laughs> yeah, it just, uh, it just happens. It's like God moves on them, and in the atmosphere of feeling like home or family or whatever, that God moves, they have something to say, they end up on a microphone. And they're amazed. I had a guy on the drums his first time. That's a little chancy, especially the worship leader in here is going, like, what? No, we have a big giant uh, floor drum from uh, First Nations that someone gave me. And uh, he came up and he said, can I play the drums? And I said, do you have beat? And he said, yeah. I said, OK, let's try it. So he did. And he was most Excellent. And, you know, here was a gift that was setting that didn't have an opportunity. And he had been burned in the church. He had not been in the church for 10 years. And he walked into our place two weeks ago. And I gave him the opportunity to come onto that floor drum on the side. And his daughter is uh, eight. And my granddaughter is six. And those two little girls were worshiping and they had their they were laid out on the floor. And not only did he find a home, his daughter found a home. And he said, I've never seen her so excited to come and go anywhere. And every weekend she wants to come to the base. So you don't know who's sitting there beside you today and what gift they're actually carrying unless you give them an opportunity So we've been talking about light. We've just came out of a conference uh, talking about light. The whole conference was on revealing the light, and we're doing a conference. Here's how our conferences went this year, revealing the remnant, revealing the light. Then in July, we're doing a conference called revealing the sound, and then at the end of the year, we're calling it revealing the throne. And so that's the progress of this year that God has got us on. And uh, I came here to talk about light and God changed my messages up the last couple days and uh, completely changed me again last night and I actually went through five transitional messages yesterday and and discarded them all and picked the one at the end that he gave me while I was sitting there during worship. So this morning God did give me something to share with you and it was about revealing the remnant. It was about you as a people of God sitting here in this place and what God is doing with you in this moment of time and why you're here. And I'm going to look at some parallel words that as we read in Scripture that we see a word and we see a word again in another sentence and we think those words mean the same, but actually they don't mean the same. And sometimes if we don't study to show ourselves approved, we walk right by those words and we go... it means this and it means this and we go right on and it actually means two different things and I think it could be very helpful to all of us this morning and so you see we are all called to a redemptive history and a redemptive activity in this hour and I was sitting here thinking about I was actually getting some um, some more vision for uh, what is coming into the church as we were going in worship and I was getting caught away in a vision again this morning and there's something that's coming that we have all not yet seen. We have, we have pieces of it and portions of it, but God's going to bring the fullness of it. And when the fullness comes, we're going to sit here and look back upon our lives and say, all of that and all of that and all of that that I went through fails in comparison to this glory that I'm now setting in and basking in and being able to attain in. And so we're coming into a really, a really great moment of time and because we're really a representation of God and God's intentions in the earth. And I looked out on all of you, and today you maybe saw me, but I went to the back. I like to go to the back, and the reason I like to go to the back is to look at all of you. And I asked God about you, why I'm at the back. And I ask and I God starts showing me some of you who you're going to become and what you're carrying. And he starts showing me your potential and he starts showing me why you're why you're even here this morning. Because you see, if I don't have vision for you, how can I help you? So I have to have vision for you and I may not know you, but I can have vision for this body of where this body wants to go. I'll get God's heart for this body. Now, I only may be here for a moment of time, but I want my moment of time to leave an impact into your heart. So I want to try to bring the heart of God to you today, and I'm going to kind of start with the very thing that we were talking about about light in uh, John 1:7. The same came for a witness. He's talking about John the Baptist, to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. And John had a role and the role was to bear witness of the light and the word light there is capitalized so it's not talking about light like you might think it's talking about a description of god or jesus that jesus is the light jesus is the way the truth and life there's a lot of things about light light has over 200 encounters in the in the scriptures and every time there was the light came the voice of god spoke and every time the light came it was a transitional moment in the earth and creative the history. Spiritual history was being created through the people of God. And so we're in another moment where God is kind of like we're in the reset thing. We're actually in a thing of coming back to the original intention that we're all to be light bearers sitting here today. We're all to be carriers of light. And like John, in lots of ways, we are to be witnesses of that light. And it also says later on that he says that John was not that light, but he was to bear witness of that light. Now, I I believe that if we get enough illumination of Christ, that, that Christ in us, that light starts to take on inside of us, and there's an illumination of him out of us. And others see Christ in us. They don't see us, they see Christ in us more so than us. But he says that he came to bear witness. And that word witness is one of those words, the same came for a witness to bear witness. And it's two different words. And here's what those two words mean. It's two different dynamics. The first witness says it's a word called martria. And martria means to have direct knowledge about something. And I believe we as the body of Christ, we have a lot of direct knowledge about Christ. We have knowledge that you've been taught. We have knowledge that we read. We have knowledge that we're reading in books. We have knowledge. We are literally saturated with knowledge in an information age. And we have conflicting knowledge. And we have opposing knowledge. And we have, and it's like, so how do we start to sort? But it also says that he also came... To bear witness of the light, he came for a witness. He came with the knowledge of the light, but he also came to bear witness of the light. And the word witness is another word: martrio. The first one is martria; it's an r, it's a y i a at the end. The second one is a an y r e o, and the difference is is the second one is divine revelation. He actually came, he said, I have knowledge of light, but I also have divine revelation of that light, and it means to have, to be able to testify because of your experience with something. So it's kind of like he says, I have knowledge, but I have experience. I have revelation because of what I have experienced. That is what creates your testimony. Your testimony is not about knowledge that you have memorized with your head or somebody has told you. Your testimony is when this moves to this and it becomes real to you and then you go out and experience that and you testify. And what are you testifying of? Not of yourself. You're testifying of the light. You're testifying of Christ. You're testifying of, I didn't just get knowledge but the knowledge brought me to a divine revelation and the divine revelation brought me to an experience with him and I know that he's real. And that's when your testimony has such power in it because nobody can take away that experience or that reality that that light has created inside of you. Isn't that wonderful? But you see, if I read the scriptures and I don't pause, I end up saying... Witness, witness. And it's the same thing in my mind. And actually it's a very different thing. Now the reason that that is brought out there, and he also says, the reason of the witness and the witness that got developed is that men would believe. And a hundred times in the Gospel of John, John's focus is that men would believe on Him. Not just get a blessing, not just get some promise from God that, that's going to affect my life, but they would actually believe on the light that has come. And that light is setting inside of you. And most of that light that's in you is knowledge. And God wants you to have a divine revelation of that knowledge where there's something hidden in what you have received that now comes to the forefront or comes to the surface and it starts to form the experience of your Christian faith and walk. That your walk is not just empty, but has deep, deep, deep substance in it. So I'm going to go and talk about some other things. Romans 11, 1 through 6. I'm going to just jump down here to verse 5. Even so then at this present time, also there is a remnant according to the election of grace. Amazing you talked about grace there. And if by grace, then this is no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then it's no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. Sounds like a little double talk, doesn't it? I want to come to verse 5. Because we are in a present time moment. We're in a present time moment where God is bringing light or illumination on His Word. Kind of resetting us back to the original intention of the word, but also setting us back to experience the word in a way we've never experienced it in our lives. And as that occurs, he says there's a present time, and in the present time there is a remnant. And we've talked a lot about remnant. I believe we we are a remnant group setting in this place. There's remnant groups all over. And I'm seeing amazing things as I travel. I see I see people that are rising up pockets and groups and and it's it's just amazing what God is doing and if you'll get a uh, if you'll just get your spiritual eyes open you won't be very much defeated in this hour but you see a lot of victory coming on the horizon. Because if you get focused on the on the devil's plans you'll get discouraged if you get focused on the victory that's already won you're going to get really encouraged. So he says there's a remnant according to the election of grace. What is a remnant? It's defined as a remaining quantity. Something that's left over from a battle. A small part that exists. Now remember that God always reduces to what is most important. Brought down Gideon. Brought down 5,000 to 120 in an upper room. He brings down, and that's what you have as a remnant. And we're setting here today as a remnant. And the remnant can get more done than the multitudes. The remnant can be in unity. The remnant can experience things because of that unity. The remnant can have a greater uh, uh, community. And the Lord spoke to me and he says, you're going to find the greatest revelation in the smallest places. Because when the places get so large, the revelation kind of gets tapped down. And people don't get the fullness of what they could have. So he says that in this present time or in this keros, that's what the word time there actually means. It means a divine moment in God. In this present divine moment of God, which we are all in right now. We are living in a divine moment of God. There is this remnant, and it's according to the election of grace. The word election means the handpicking of God. So you have been handpicked in this hour to be born in the earth. You've been handpicked to be sitting here this morning. You've been handpicked for a task assigned to you upon the earth. You've been handpicked for a sovereign plan. And to me, that is an amazing privilege. That is beyond happenstance. Or I stumbled into this place. Or I suddenly, or I, you know, no, God handpicked you according to grace. Grace picked you. Think about that for a moment. Grace picked you. What is grace? We always say favor of God, don't we? Look a little deeper. It means the ability of God to create change, be it positive or negative, but it's always affected as a change agent. Something is going to change. So he handpicked you based on your actions of change that you will do with your life. That's the second witness. That's not knowledge witness. That's divine experience witness. So he's going to handpick you to do something for him. And what I think is really amazing is, is that grace picked me, not a man. Grace picked me. Actually, I'm sorry, Yuri, but you did not invite me today, but grace invited me today. But he heard the grace call and then he invited me. You see how this is working. And it's the same with you. You may sit here this morning and say, I don't know if I have anything to offer. Oh, yes, you do. Grace has handpicked you for this moment of time because God has an assignment for your life and it's the second witness. And he's moving us as the church away from just coming to attain some knowledge but coming to to start to walk into some experience. And that's when our faith becomes real and the power of God is seen. And you can sit here and say, I don't have all of this knowledge that I think I need to have. And God's like, no, you don't need to have all of that knowledge. You need to have a divine revelation that causes you to have an experience in me. Here's what I've done with some people that were so desperate for something in God they had hit the wall with their life. And I prayed with them and here's what I would say. God, I want to give my next encounter to them because they need it more than I do. Because I'm convinced, but they're not convinced and they need that experience. I'm asking you if you could give that to them so that they could believe. See, that was what the whole thing about the book of John was, that they could believe because of what? Not the knowledge, the second witness, the convincing witness. So better get a little further into this, hadn't we? So we're living in a, as a remnant people, in a remnant moment, a handpicked moment of God. We're living in a grace of God. I want to look at something else now, another word, because we have witness and witness. I want to talk about fullness and fullness, because there's a difference between the two words again. Colossians 2, I'm just going to get down to the thing, verse 9, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. And complete is a word that actually is coming out of the previous word of fullness. There is a fullness. And it is a word peroma, P-E-R-O-M-A, peroma. And it is a noun, and it's descriptive. It describes of something that has come to the full or completed a process that's went from one point to another point and because of that fullness he says you are complete in him and the word complete is the word the first of it p l e o r or e r o plural. and the last was ma pleroma plero the beginning of this in other words coming out of this fullness There is a verb, there is an action, there's something that's going to occur, and that word means to consummate it, to bring it to perfection, to perform it, to execute it, to execute, now look what it says here, to execute sayings, promises, prophecies, To bring them to pass, to accomplish them, to cause God's will to be made known and to be obeyed as it should be. That's the definition of complete. So he says, you have come into fullness so that you can take this fullness that I've given you into action. And you know what it's talking about? Legislating and stewarding. And, and confrontation and governing and making things conform to what? The fullness of Christ. That everything that he has, our action or the completeness is, is been given to you and here's what it is. It is not a drudgery, it is a privilege. And many times we look at these things and we go, well that's going to be hard. So, did he say it was going to be easy? But he said that we would have the outcome because he has predetermined the outcome of what it's going to look like. You know what I find amazing? We're sitting here in this building, in this place, and if we could peel back the spiritual realm of God's intention... I think a lot of our problems would look pretty small in comparison to what his desires are. There's something coming, folks, to the body. And we're going to step into something that we have longed for, prayed for, believed for, hoped for, pursued, but it's coming. And when it comes, we're going to look back and say, what in the world was I thinking? You know what I'm saying? I know we're getting tired waiting, but it's coming. Do you not feel the beginnings of something? The birth pains of it or the carrying of the child or however you want to put it. There is something that is upon us that we've never had before. And we're, we're like trying to steward this pathway through all of this in this hour. To come out to the other side. So God puts this deposit inside of you, Ephesians 1.10, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ. Again, it's talking about fullness. The fullness of time. And last night, I brought up something, and I said that the fullness of time, or the fullness of kairos, is not an event we're waiting for. It is an activation of the body of Christ that creates that moment. So we can sit here this morning and decide, I'm going to be in the fullness of God and go into an activity, or I'm going to pull away from that and just sit here and occupy until the service is over, and hope that maybe this guy in front of me can bring me into a divine moment. After all, that's his job, isn't it? That's what he's here for. Now, I'm not not here to bring you into that moment, even though I can bring you into those moments. But what God wants to do is all of us participate in the fullness to create the moment. And so we set and we wait for revival and we wait for outpouring and we wait for something to come and it's already setting inside of us. It just needs activated. It just needs a little stirring to cause it to come to the surface. And so we're waiting for a set meeting, or we go to meetings. I, had, I first started, I was in Youth for Christ. I had a Youth for Christ girl. Her, her dad was dying. He had about a year to live. He traveled all over the country to every person that had a healing anointing, to every conference, in desperation for healing and never got healed. And he came back home and his 16-year-old daughter laid hands on him and he got healed. You know what he was looking for? He was looking for an event that was already present in his own house. And all it took was him coming to the end of himself and trying to figure out how he was going to get his stuff And letting his daughter come into some fullness. And when the daughter decided, I can step into this healing. And I can have a Kairos moment created right here in the moment. So every time that we come and we have these times where God touches you. We're having Kairos moments. And they're not coming just because God came. They're coming because we decided to step into the fullness that was already present. And when we stepped in, something was created. Something happened in our midst, and suddenly our need was met. Now imagine if we are in this meeting like this today, and we all come in here with needs. Well, let's, let's just do an experiment. Maybe that's not a good word. That's what I'd use for my people. You're an experiment. You're my guinea pigs. How many came in with a need today? just, you can can raise your hand. So we have needs in the house today, don't we? Who came in with an answer? Do you think that the answer can find the need? Do you think that if we all turn loose in our fullness, that we actually might have a move of God happen this morning? Could very well happen. What does that look like? Because you see what's happening is the answers are setting for every need that's setting here today. But if I give an altar call today and say, "Mm, come up if you're having an anger problem, I'm only going to hit about five needs. Maybe. Maybe there's more. (laughs) But if I say, body, heal yourself. Body, be led by the Spirit. Step into your fullness of hearing Him and being led by Him and go find the need that you brought the answer for today. And suddenly then, the whole room is electrified and that is a move of God, folks. That's awakening. That is revival. That's outpouring. It's when we all get active and you're not relying on one or two people to carry, the, carry everybody you know, through the invisible line. <laughs> I remember we had a Bible study in my house uh, early on in our lives. I had about 60 people there. And I had a small house. So I took all the furniture out of my rooms and stacked them in my bedroom all the way to the ceiling. Everything went in there, the television, all the end tables, there wasn't enough room, we just stacked everything, and we had bedrooms, and everybody was in bedrooms, and everyone was here, and we had a night where everybody stepped into fullness. And over here, there were people getting delivered, And over here, there were people getting saved. And over here, there were people getting healed. And over here, there were people getting ministered to. And it was the most chaotic thing you ever saw. And it was wonderful. Because the whole body was activated into their fullness. And the whole body had stepped into something. And they all became investors in each other's lives instead of consumers. And here we sit today as the body of Christ. And I honestly struggle at times saying, what are we waiting on? Because as I read the scriptures, I don't see Jesus saying at the end of Acts, "Uh, you better wait until you're endued with power again. First time didn't really take real well. What are we waiting on? What, what has the enemy convinced us that we don't have? And yet when I read my Bible, it says I have the fullness of him, the completeness of him. You know, I'm talking to myself too. There's a fullness of God, just like the fullness of that second witness that causes us to create the moments that we want to have. It's like, when will you have revival when you decide to? When will you have an outpouring when you decide to? When will you have an awakening that sweeps your your community when you decide to? It's a simple decision on our part, but that decision requires some stewardship and some responsibility. But it's a privilege. And we get more caught up in the cost of something than the privilege of something. I find it a privilege to be here to speak this morning. I find it a privilege of what God has done with my life. I look back on my life and I see, God, I have been so privileged. And you know what I did? I didn't set out to do it, but I thought, what if I had? What more could you have done with me if I was more intentional with my life? Instead of happenstance and waiting for something to just come by and I'll grab hold of the shirt tails of it and help it drag me along. Some of you in this room, God wants you to create moments. Because when you start to hit your fullness, you start to hit your overflow. And true ministry comes out of your overflow. And if you don't have fullness to overflow, you don't really have true ministry. What you have is, first, witness, knowledge. You see? Second, you have, you have this fullness resting in you, but you don't have the completeness of the action of fullness going into motion. And we become content with like that. And that is not fullness, folks. It has a degree of fullness, but it doesn't have an overflow. We teach our students in our school, you do not do true ministry unless you have overflow. So how full do you have to get? Some of our capacities are small. Some of our capacities are large. I can't help that. That's how God wired you. But it's your decision and responsibility to put enough of him in you in the fullness that you come into the completeness and the completeness is the overflow and that is where real ministry happens and that's where real moves of God are birthed and that's where the activity of God gets really wild. John had a revelation of the light. He had he had bumped into Jesus in the womb. And in that moment, John, I believe, started getting a revelation of who this one was. And he had knowledge. And the knowledge was setting inside of him, but then it went into a divine revelation, and he started coming into the fullness, and now there's the overflow. And now you know what's happening to John? The message is so convincing that people are coming out here and getting baptized. Which is not part of the traditional way of thinking. And to make matters worse, he looks weird. And he's eating weird things. But his message was so convincing. Because it was coming out of that overflow. See, that's why it's important to get filled. Do you realize it says, be filled. Keep being filled. Be filled. It talks about being filled. Being filled. Being filled. If you're coming here on Sunday morning to be filled, you should already be filled. You should be coming here on Sunday morning to overflow. To let what, what all that's happened in your life this week start to dump out on everybody around. You know, it's, oh, we're so sad. We, we, we make people wait. Oh, I'm, I'm going to mess with everybody now. I'm sorry, but I have to. We make people wait to the end of the service to get prayer so we make them set for two hours most miserable. And you know why we do that? We're waiting for somebody to like stir me up enough where I have some overflow, where then maybe we'll get some results. So you know what? I told my people, we've done this a few times, I said, I want you to pray for every person that comes through the door when they come through the door. I want, I want them fixed so they don't have to wait. Why am I making them wait again? Because I've got into this pattern. Why don't I come with a, a fullness and come here ready to minister that fullness out to somebody. And so I've already, I've already met them in the lobby. And they've already got their healing or their need met. Because I have relationship. And I love them enough that i been willing to get ready before I come. So that when I come, I can minister to them like that. Is that challenging? I hope it is. Because you have what it takes to do what God's asking of you in this hour. All weekend we've been talking about light. And I keep thinking about arise, shine, your light has come. Arise, shine, your light has come. Arise, shine, your light has come. Look at the word shine again. Shine and shine. Two different Shines. One is the, is the fact that there's light and it's capturing and it's reflecting like this is reflecting off me. The light's reflecting. The other one is that I'm producing the light. Arise, shine. Produce the light. Arise and produce it. Don't come here just to intercept it. Come here producing that light. Causing that light to come up out of you. There's the overflow again, you see. All of a sudden, the overflow is coming. I love a verse, and I know Andy talked to me about it, but I have to give it just for him if nobody else. (laughs) It's in Ephesians chapter 2. It's talking about that he has raised us up in verse 5 and 6 and made us sit together in heavenly places he has seated you in a place of completeness he has seated you in a place that has no lack he has seated you in a heavenly place where light you're seated in light he has seated you in a place where you are seated in his glory and that word to be seated means I better read it here It means to be in sync. Overflow. You're in sync with him. It also means to grow together or to have grown together. And it comes from another root word which means that you've been joined to the origin. I love that because I'm looking at the origins of God. The original intention of God. The place where I got birth. Do you realize that you came out of light, came to the earth to, to be a reflection of that light and a witness of the light, to go back to the place where you were birthed from, from light? And you were birthed in glory to come down here to show forth glory, to go back to a place where it's glorified. And you were setting, you were setting in a place of fullness and completeness and no lack To come to the earth to demonstrate the place you came from, to go back to the place you came from. It's like God is like kind of doing something circular. And all of it is about reflection and image bearing. And there's a difference between us being a copy of something, because that's where we are with the first witness, to actually resonating or capturing or intercepting the fullness of God or the completeness of God where it takes on the nature of the, or of the masterpiece that it came from. Because you see, a masterpiece is what's most valuable. That's why he calls you a masterpiece in Scripture. But a copy is an imitation. And God's trying to get us from not imitating each other or copying each other I mean, it's really bad. What's the latest church trend? And how do I build a campus? And what kind of music? We were talking about the fact of just the fact of I got to get this certain soundtrack. So I sound just like them. And all we're doing is copying and mimicking and imitating. And we're not being original. And when I get seated with him, his desire is that I get original. I become the original and I see myself as important and valuable and peculiar and even very strange at times. But I see myself that he made me very, 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 very unique. And you know what's needed? I gotta figure out how to exit out of here. What's needed is you. Seriously. Not an imitation of someone else. We need the uniqueness of you in the fullness of him. Because that makes all of us then be complete. But when you try to be something that you're not, I'm getting a cheap imitation presented to me and not something that makes me complete and whole. You all have a piece of a master plan that's unfolding for this region, for this community, for your families. Please, please do not copy somebody else. Please be yourself. Please step into his fullness. Please let him have his completeness. Please go into an activity of what you're carrying. Please. Do you know what you're carrying? Do you know what you have inside? Do you know the great deposit that was placed there? Maybe even from birth. Did you ever take a chance to release it like the guy that came to my place? Think about the chance that I took on him, but think about the chance he took with me. Is this guy going to reject me like every church has done? He, He had a horrendous experience 10 years ago. He was out. I mean, I could not believe he was out of the church for 10 years. He was he never went to meeting. He said, I can't find any place that I feel accepted. And I looked beyond I looked past what I was seeing. And I said, this guy, he, he wants to worship the Lord in his heart. He wants to have like an overflow experience with God. Where's the worship leader at? I want to mess with you a little bit. (laughs) Here's what I did one night. (laughs) I told all my people, how many of you feel like you have a prophetic song? You have a, you want to play an instrument? You want to, you know what I'm saying? And so what I did, see, I'm kind of nuts. I kind of do things weird. I said, come up here on the stage and stand by those people that you want to take their spot from. (laughs) Get up here where the overflow's going on. Get up here around that anointing. Come into some fullness. Get into that fullness. I want to be over here. I like this place. And you know what? Everybody came up. The, The whole stage was packed. Everybody crowded the front. Everybody was trying to get something from... It was like we were having a fullness moment. And what I was saying in a roundabout way is, there's things you've never attempted or tried because you never had an opportunity to do it. Just step out. About three revealings ago, we opened up the tap for singing. Singing. I realize some people don't have good voices. I'm one of them. I will still sing and lead. Because it's coming, you know where singing's coming? It's coming out of my overflow. And I'm so full of my love for God that I gotta let something out of me. I mean, this man on this, this fiddle, they call it a fiddle, I call it a violin, it's an instrument of sound that captures heaven. Well, how can he do this? He's got a gift, yeah. No, he has overflow. He came to the fullness and said, That's okay, but I need a little more to tip this thing over. And he filled all the way up and got overflow. You find out you go overseas to nations to to preach or teach or do something, and the lights go out. You don't have your laptop. (laughs) now you're in the dark, and you can tell who the people are that have overflow and who don't because, uh, 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 and suddenly without the, the crutch, there's nothing left in the tank. We come into these things, these meetings, this should be the most outrageously crazy moment of time of the entire week because we all came in overflowing <laughs> I mean can you imagine if we all just dumped out everything that we brought it's like oh my gosh there's I mean, nothing left <laughs> okay, whatever <laughs> and we turn it loose and we just let it go and you tell other people, you know what? You can participate too. It's not See, the things of God are not based on knowledge. First witness. They're based on experience. God's not talking to you here. He's talking to here. And here never sleeps. And here doesn't get tired. And here just keeps going like the Energizer bunny. It just keeps moving. And he will tell you mysteries in your life and he will tell you things in your life that you need for your future. And your future is to be your overflow. If you haven't got it by now, I'm tired of us just getting by. I'm tired of us being typical. I'm tired of us being what everybody thinks we should be and falling short of what God determined we're supposed to be. I look at the scriptures and I read, there's a whole lot more. And why am I settling for this when he said I could have all of this? And you know, the last time I was here, I talked about realms and I talked about heaven and I talked about what is setting in those places for us. And if we're not careful, we're waiting to die to get there. And he says, you're seated there now. You can have all of these things now. And I'm gonna tell you the things that I had the, I've had the most excitement of in my life was when I got into a meeting where I lost myself in God. I lost myself in Him. And for me, it looks a little strange. I get, I'll get to the point where I can't even see. I'll get to the point where I'll just close my eyes I'll walk around this stage and I won't bump into a single thing. Because it doesn't do any good to have my eyes open because I can't see anything. So I'll just close my eyes and walk around. And you can ask my wife, and the anointing gets so on me, I start pushing people out of the way to get to somebody. I get rude. Because I see a need and I know there's something on me coming out of my overflow and it's got to go to that person. And I literally, I've literally like just pushed people out of the way to get to them and not even realized I was doing it. I prophesied over a bunch of people one night. I had this prophet with me. We get all done and I turned to him and I said, my God, that was an intense word you gave him. He goes, that wasn't me, that was you. I didn't realize I was doing that. Love's coming out of my overflow. And that overflow of the Spirit was getting my flesh and my mind out of the way. Because you know what? I would have never said those things to that guy. <laughs> What's setting inside of you that you've never like tapped or opened? You all got the deposit. All of you got this fullness See, I want to really mess this church up. I want you to come in here next week and just like come with some fullness, pray for people in the lobby, get in this place and just start dumping it out in the atmosphere. And see what happens. Oh, it'll be fun. We're supposed to have fun in these places. So in you is dwelling this completeness, and in you is dwelling this fullness, and in you is this witness. You are a living testimony of what God has done. You're a living testimony of what God will do. You're a living testimony of the eternity of God that's upon the earth. And you're to reflect that, and I'm to reflect that. And I'm to be an interceptor of those frequencies of heaven just like you so everything I tell you is what I'm supposed to be doing as well, and it's and I'll tell you I'll tell you what the whole key to the whole thing is, and I'm going to close. The key to the whole thing is one word: yield. It's that simple. Yield. Oh, well, my mind's no yield. Why shouldn't no yield? He's leading me to do, no yield. You know, you think it's easy for me at times? I wrestled yesterday about messages all day. You know what I had to do at the end? I had to yield. I, ha- I was in a service. Oh, Jesus. I was in a service. And the Lord told me, he said, I want to do a mass deliverance in the room tonight. I'm like, that's great. What's that going to look like? He says, it's going to look a little different. I want you to have everybody get a Kleenex, wipe their sweat, tear it in half and throw it in the air and everybody's going to get delivered. I'm like, what? We're not doing that, are we? And you know how long it took me to get that implemented? It took me 20 minutes. Because I had to come to the point that I had to yield. And God... Was already preparing all these hearts. And I'm the leader, and I'm like, oh, we're not doing this. This is weird. How can this work, God? We gotta like lay hands and cast demons, and it's like no yield, son, just yield. This is early on. So here's what happened. I finally decide you win. I'm gonna yield. I walk over to grab the Kleenex box. And this is what I did. I said, the Lord told me, and that was all the further I got, and they were running for Kleenex. (laughs) I never got the full story out. And they're pulling Kleenex out of the... See, God had already told them what was going to happen. And me as a leader, I'm wrestling with this overflow inside of me, and I finally gave in. And yes, we wiped the sweat off of our foreheads, ripped them in half... And you should have seen the dancing party we had as we ground sweaty Kleenex into the carpet. (laughs) People danced for two hours. And every single person in the room was completely delivered. You see, your head will talk you out of your overflow. Yield. Yield to what God's saying to you. He'll tell you to do some crazy things like that. Well, let me pray something. Father, I just thank you today, God, for your word. And Holy Spirit, break it open as these words mean so many different things to us. Show us when to pause and take a greater look. Let us see the hidden meaning. Let us be not just the first witness, but the second witness and come into experience. And let us come into the fullness, but let us come into the completeness. Let us take what you've deposited in us and put it into motion out of us that the world could believe. And Father, I thank you that every person sitting in this place has a great deposit inside them and a great value that you placed in them because you place a value upon them as a person first. And God, I ask you to begin to stir the fullness that's setting in each of us into overflow. into an overflow moment that causes men's hearts to be gripped with you and causes our own heart to be gripped with you. Holy Spirit, just do a work in us today that you bring us to the end of ourself and to the end of some struggles that we may have faced and done. And you bring us into a place where we begin to really allow you to take control with lordship. Take away the fears of what it might look like. And start to do something very unique with us and very different. And Father, I pray for this group that as they come in next week. They come into this place carrying something as an answer to minister to someone's need.